Hello, and welcome to D&D's, a geek family podcast. I'm Mr. J, and I'm the family's old school geek. I've been kicking around the idea of doing a podcast with my daughters for a while, and here we are. Hi, I'm ZJ Gamer Girl. You can call me ZJ. I'm your typical teen geek, and I'm looking forward to geeking out with you guys this week. And I'm Little J. You can call me LJ. I'm a git, a geek in training. Welcome to our show! So, we're going to try one more time to talk Robotech. If you don't know what Robotech is, it is on Netflix right now, the original series from 1985 by Harmony Gold. They took three different animes and rewrote the scripts (laughs) for them to make uh, it long enough for an American season of TV. Uh, it was one of the first anime that really made it over as a dubbed anime. It takes flack for not being a direct import, a direct dub of the original series sometimes, but honestly, to take three different shows, re-script them, and make them tie together even marginally as three different generations of people in this Robotech war fighting different alien races is just actually really an amazing feat. It's a lot of work, definitely, especially to get all the characters' voices for everyone. Well, they got... For all the characters that they have. They had to rewrite scripts so that there was some type of flow between all three series. They had to come up with character names, which they did. They get accused of whitewashing characters, which is basically taking Japanese or Russian or whoever's names and turning them into American names. But honestly, I think for what it is, for a for a series where it was a company trying to break into the American market with an anime, something from another country, which is something that the United States is not always really good about taking outside entertainment and bringing it over and enjoying it. They made it enjoyable. They made it something that the consumers here could watch, that kids like me, when I was a little, could watch and enjoy. I remember watching it when I was just, let's see, 85. I was in, like, uh, well, grade school. Around LJ's age, possibly a little younger. <laughs> it was it was something that I enjoyed. I don't remember. When I watched it more recently, I, I didn't remember a lot of what I remembered it as as a kid. I remember mostly just planes and dogfights and, and giants and robots and things like that. Going back, there's actually a, a pretty intense storyline throughout. I mean, it's not necessarily always A1 writing throughout of it, but, you know, it was it still it still holds up pretty good as the story goes. It has weird characters sometimes. Like, their their voices are like, like, Oh, yes, like, we should go do this. And they're guys. So that's just, that's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the aliens are all done through some kind of sort of alien filter voice. So. Ow, ow. At least when they're giants. When they're giants, they're all filtered strangely. When, when they're oh, shrunk down, they... Spoiler. When they get shrunk down, they talk like normal. Only dumber. <laughs> Their spies are the biggest idiots of, of the entire group, I think. Aren't they always 
like, art, like, all the minions or whatever, like, minions people send out in any movie or anything, they're, like, the stupidest out of all of them. That's not true. There are a lot of bad guys where their cohorts are actually highly intelligent. Like, just as an example of something that maybe we'll cover someday, G.I. Joe, which I'll have to actually find and make you guys watch some of the series to catch you up on the old school G.I. Joe. Never seen it. The Cobra Commander was somewhat intelligent, and all of his, uh, direct... imbecile! All of his direct That's all I know. minions were intelligence. It just happened to be that the Joes were way better because the good guys always won. Okay, so aside from that, what what do you remember from like the first time you watched this show? If your your impression of it the first time you saw it, LJ. The first time I saw this was when I was probably uh, let's see, kindergarten age. So around six. I remember the very first episode when Rick was in his fighter or plane and flying around bugging Roy dur during Roy's performance. So I I always kind of found that funny. He was so the very first episode. Yes. Yes. You remember vividly Roy and and Rick's interaction <laughs> as Roy is showing up the rest of the jets with his stunt plane and or no Rick is showing up the rest of the jets with his stunt plane. And Roy is getting all frustrated with him because he's being a kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ZJ, what do you remember from your first watching? My first watching was when I was little, so I don't even remember. <laughs> but, uh, she remembers a Minmay song, putting her to sleep at night. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, actually, I think so. I, I watched it and I fell asleep to it. Uh, as I got older, I guess I got more interested in it. Now I can watch it over and over again, which I do do that. But sometimes I forget where I am in the series, and then I have to start all over. And then I'm like, oh, I've already seen this like five times. So good. It but is sometimes it can get a little annoying if <laughs> you keep watching the beginning. Cause it, is, like, it is a series that you can watch over and over again, I think. It's not like... Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be something you want to watch like every day, starting from the beginning every day, but... You know, once once a year, go back, watch it. Maybe once every other year, go back and watch it. I started watching it with you guys because it was something that I loved as a kid and I wanted to share my geekery with you as I often do. And I remember just being excited to watch these dogfights with these spaceship jet things that turned into giant robots and these giant aliens that they fought that were just... it was a, It's a very black and white show. There's definitely bad guys and there's definitely good guys. Although later on, some of the bad guys do become good guys, so, you know, eventually it gets a little more gray towards the end of the series, but it starts off very black and white. The giants are bad, the humans are good, this fight to stay alive. It's just an amazing, simple, an amazing, simple storyline that, that has just subtle complexities through it, and, mm. and was just really well done. Yeah. So, what do you like most about the show? What, if you could pick any, and in, in, throughout the whole show, I don't remember how well you remember the last seasons, throughout the whole show, what is your favorite thing? I love the characters. Each individual character, at least each individual main character, is really well built, has a strong personality, quirky, of course, at times, different shapes and sizes. Like, you know, there's always the big bulky guy, and then there's always the in-between, and then they, of course, they always have, like, the helpless little girl, and then they have, like, this kick-butt girl, and then they have, like... They have a... It's one yeah. of the... It's one of the few shows that has a a, a few different strong uh, women archetypes in it. Yeah, from, from the 80s, yeah. that's a... 
I mean, cartoons, you either were a Wonder Woman She-Ra character, which meant you were the lead and you were the strong woman archetype, or you were a dumb bimbo that the hero had to save all the time. There was no in-between. I guess Lois Lane could have been looked at as an in-between because she was a strong woman, but she was also the dumb bimbo that had to be saved all the time. But for shows that kids watched, there wasn't a lot of, at least that I can remember from my from, from that period of time. There wasn't a lot of female leads that were both smart and strong and good at their job. Whereas this has uh, Lisa, who is this amazing commander who not only is good at her job, but is a brilliant tactician and comes up with several maneuvers and things during the course of the show that help the humans come out on top more often than not. And sometimes she also needs saved, but... That's only temporarily, and she has gone out on a mission once about on her own, dangerously, for some reason. It's been a while since I've seen that episode, but... Oh, there's a lot of times that she's sent out on missions by herself or as the lead, and uh, comes out on top. They get captured once. It's... That we could go episode by episode and have an entire separate podcast just through oh, Robotech God. episode by episode breakdown. But we're not going to do that, at least not right now. If we get a request for that, we will start a whole second podcast for that and just do episode <laughs> by episode. Please don't make us do that, please. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. Somebody out there can be my co-host if the girls don't want to do it. But... Can I? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find somebody else. Why? Because it would be awesome. Okay, so... LJ, what do you like about the show most? I have to agree that the characters, I think, are the best because they not only have different shapes and sizes, and they're not just, like, they're not all white. There's some that are black, there's some that are white, you know? It's not just... Variety in the character. Yes, there's many varieties. It's not just shapes and sizes. Japan was ahead of America at the time, including multiple races, because they not only did Japanese characters or Chinese characters, but they did black characters and white characters, American characters, Russian characters. The cast in this is supposed to be an international cast, and they did a pretty good job of pulling that off. Because Captain Global is Russian. Most everybody else is really pretty much American. Minmei is... The descendant of a Chinese family. I I guess her parents live in China, but she was sent to live with her aunt and uncle who lived in the United States, who then moved to Macross Island, which was in the South Pacific somewhere. So that is kind of a weird story angle, but they did a very good job of putting a lot of world cultures in there. So now you can tell I'm a guy because my favorite thing was the giant robot planes that transformed and blew things up and... And the uh, the giant battleship that transformed into an even more giant robot. I like the giant robot fortress. I like the dog fights. I liked the uh, just the the crazy missile launches where instead of like an American shows like GI Joe's was just straight laser blasts from side to side. Mostly people just completely missing each other, which always was amazing to me. It's like watching stormtroopers fight. Oh. Um, <laughs> but in this missiles like in the in the in the U.S. shows missiles fly in a straight line from point A to point B and they impact and explode either they hit or miss, but. In the Japanese, this this cartoon missiles like they'd launch like 900 missiles in one shot, and they would go in a million spirally patterns and then all converge into one spot and hit their target. It was crazy. It was exciting to watch in these battles, and I always liked that kind of uber kind of stylized space battle, ship to ship battle kind of stuff. The the giant battleships fighting each other and the little tiny fighters in between. It's, it's one of my favorite things for any kind of space-based show where there's fighting. That's why I always like Star Wars over Star Trek, because of the little tiny fighters. Because I felt like you, as a person, as an individual, I could 
connect more with that because individuals fly fighters as opposed to a crew manning the ship of the Enterprise fighting another crew on a single ship. And there wasn't a whole lot of... In general, it didn't ever seem like there was a lot of maneuvering or flying around or coolness because it was just two big ships just thumping away at each other. What is something that you didn't like about this? Because <laughs> I know it's old. It doesn't 100% hold up to current... The animation is, is definitely dated. You can tell it's... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, there is a lot of reused it's, animation. It's all good, though. Uh, it's not that it's bad drawings. It's not that it's not pretty. No. It's a very pretty show. But there's a lot of reused animation where you can tell... It's the same shot over and over again with different bits of music and different bits of voice. Oh, actually, going back to what I like about Robotech, music is amazing. I love it. I have it on my phone. I wake up to it sometimes. It's, it's really good. It's definitely had some good themes to it. They, they were very catchy musical themes. They they don't change much throughout the series, but it definitely definitely was catchy. Yeah, all right. Something you don't like about it. What did you not like? What doesn't hold up for you? In this show. Well, Minmay is very annoying. <laughs> she, she's always going back and forth between, like, she's like a roller coaster of emotion, and she goes back and forth. She's like, Rick, I love you, but Rick, we can't do this anymore. I don't like you anymore. Oh, why? Why does it have to be this way? Rick, oh, join man, the military, so and I'll love you more. <laughs> don't join the military, Rick, because I miss you. She's just everywhere. I'm never going to get married. And then she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get married. And it's just really annoying. And her, her voice is kind of high-pitched, too. And so I'm guessing in the Japanese version or whatever, it would be like a little mouse, maybe? I wouldn't know. I have never actually seen... There, <laughs> there is actually the original version with the original script is out there. It's the... I want to say it's the Macross Saga or something is what the original is called. Or Macross Saga. And there's been more recent updates to it that are not anything to do with, anyways, uh, the original characters, whatever. But that original series is out there in Japanese somewhere. And someday I'd like to see it and see I would too. some of the differences. I haven't, I've never looked that up. I should do that sometime. It's, also, see what so one thing are. I do notice is in one of the scenes there was an error. She took her shoes off to help Rick open the like pipeline. And then they're both on the ground because they fell and her shoes are back on. Continuity error. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute. That's so, not a dislike thing. That's just no. nitpicky. Uh. <laughs> There's continuity errors in movies all the time. It's just a matter of... It's hard to remember from one scene to another, and especially when you're yeah. not doing things in order. It's hard oh, to yeah, remember definitely. what what was where. That's why they have... There are people who are paid to track things for continuity as far as, like, movies and stuff. So people who take, like photos of sets when they leave so that it can be put back exactly where it was the next day when they come back for filming so that they know, you know, everything's in the same place and there won't be these huge changes that have to be, you know, that people will notice in the movies. What do you dislike about the show? LJ? Well, uh... You don't know what you dislike? You don't have to not like anything, well, but if there was one thing that you could take things. out... I'm just trying to remember what the first one was. Go with the second one and then do the first one. Is it... Oh, uh, the first one is, is when it's focusing on one character, the other character sometimes seems to pause so like in they... movement. Oh, yeah. That's that's a... Um, 
Like, they're just little mannequins. Early Japanese animation was done very low budget, and one of the main ways that they preserved budget was by not animating more than they had to. So if you look at characters when they're talking, generally their face is a frozen mask, and the only thing moving is their mouth. And literally all their mouth does is become a blank, open, black hole, and then go down to a thin line and maybe be various shapes in between. But that's a very old-school anime trick. Or... The other thing is they'll have the ca the character that's talking be either off screen and camera, or be uh, talking talking facing mind. away from the person facing like away from the camera, the, um, or talking in their mind, right? Giant yeah. giant aliens, whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you have characters thinking, um, you know, instead of talking out loud, but. When they're talking, it's usually, they don't do a lot of multiple animations. Like, you, you don't see them walk and talk as much as you see them stand and talk, you know. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the, like, the movement that you see in anime, if you notice, the thing that's moving in the foreground, like the ships flying across, are static and the background is what's moving. Oh, that's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a way to make animation cheap. Is you make a big background and you just take pictures of it sliding along behind this thing. And it's, I mean, even American animation does looping backgrounds when you have someone walking down the street. If you watch someone in an animation walking down the street, what you'll notice if they're walking for a long time and talking is that the background tends to loop around. So they'll walk in front of a greenhouse, a tree a rock, a fence, and then it goes back to a greenhouse, a tree, a rock, and a fence over and over again in, in early animations. Nowadays, it's it's easier, I think, to do animations and to make drawings with computers and stuff so they can have a lot more variety in backgrounds and a lot more animation and things. And so it's made, you know, everything, anime, American animation, everything has come up and be become much more, well, animated. <laughs> but, yeah, if you look at these older shows, there's a lot of static, what they called static animation, which was you take a static picture and you animate a portion of it to make the whole thing feel like it's moving. And it, it fools. It, it works well because you can take these stock pictures and, and do, you know, animate bits and pieces, and you can have two characters having a conversation and only have to draw one thing. <laughs> oh, that's pretty Alright, so what's the second thing you didn't like, or the first? Or is I know it's a kid's show, and I know in Japanese... It's not a kid's It's actually... Okay, well, it's, yeah, it was... It's mostly kid's show. I know, it's mostly for kind of... in the. It's kind of in the range of kid's shows, and along about when you were younger, it, you know, a lot of kids watched it, and so I just didn't like the fact that kids are watching it. I know most Chinese or Japanese um, animes or movies in general show this, that, but I don't really like it when they show butts or any, <laughs> I mean, I don't even care if it's just the side of a body that's not wearing clothing, it just bothers me. <laughs> was there a lot of nudity in this one? I don't no. Think. No, but in I'm pretty sure this one was later good. episodes, I remember an alien coming out of a bubble. That's an alien, though. Yeah, I know, but no clothes. <laughs> you couldn't see it, it was a shadow, though. It was a female body and it came out with no clothes. Also, in the first few episodes... We weren't bored with clothes. Aliens probably aren't bored with clothes either. Okay. <laughs> so, just to clarify, there is no actual nudity, and what, what there might be is almost always in... A butt. <laughs> ...mist form or shadowed or whatever pulled back camera to make sure that the bits and naughty bits are obscured. It's, it's meant to be... Butt. If you could make one change to the show, what would you have changed? What... <laughs> Would you have made? Don't even. Would you made the whole thing one cohesive storyline about the, the Macross fortress and all the characters in that and what they did? Would you keep it the same, being the three separate anime where you've got 
the Macross Fortress, and then you have the Southern Cross where they're riding around on the motorcycles that transform into robot suits, and then gone on to the third one, which is the series where they are like traveling through the jungle to find a crash ship or whatever and fighting the giant bug things. Would you have kept it that way, or would you have tried to find more of that original Macross series and made it all about the Fortress and, the, and Rick Hunter and his crew? Uh, I would have definitely kept the stuff that's already there, but I would also like to see, like, the beforehand on, like, where the, like, kind of where the aliens and stuff, and then how the thing More backstory. Crash, yeah. And then I also want to see, like, what actually happens to Rick Hunter and the game when, gang, when they, uh, go or they're home or whatever, because there's, like, nothing, like, we don't know if he has kids or... Well, there is good news for you, then. There are several Macross series or short seasons or whatever they're called. There's some further Macross titles out there that actually do follow the crew of Rick Hunter as he because in the end of the first season and the and the during the second season they discuss the building of the SDF2 and it traveling into the far reaches of space to try and discover, you know, to try and make peace with these alien races and or take the battle to them, I'm never quite sure. There is another series that does follow the children of Rick and Lisa on the SDF-2 coming back from or going to their final destination. Ah, well then. Yeah. But that is a, that's something that, again, it's one of those ones that you have to kind of search for because Robotech was not as popular after a while as it was when it first came out, and so it's making kind of a little resurgence now that it's been back on Netflix. I don't know if they'll start gathering some of those more later episodes that were a little more obscure or not. Um, I have to say, Lisa is very forgiving for, towards the end of the season, marrying a man that called her a sourpuss. <laughs> so? Hey, some of the best romantic relationships start out with a little bit of adversity. So, <laughs> LJ, what would you change about the show if you could change anything? I would say, kind of like ZJ said, some of the parts where you don't see some certain characters really uh, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would kind of maybe visit every once in a while, yeah. or they would come on missions again, or they oh. would see them, or... Or, yeah, they would come Like, on. if Rick Hunter somehow ran into one of the later seasons with Minmay trapped, and he'd be like, Hey, long time no see. She's like, you want to see me now? Sam, it's been so long. I haven't, I've, I've been re-watching the first season and, and moving into the next ones. I'll probably be catch back up to this. So I'm a little bit rusty on my, my second and third part of the series. But if I remember right, in the second series, the main character is the daughter of the Zentradi female who defects to the human side. And the ace pilot with the green hair, which I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He has blue hair. Blue hair. Is it blue hair? Yeah. No, she has green hair. Yeah. Anyways, and they have no. a kid with yellow hair. It's amazing. Shoot. I can't remember. I didn't see... I haven't seen the second part. I've only seen the first and the third. I don't remember anything. Anyways. <laughs> the, uh, the human and human ace pilot and the Zentradi ace pirate who defects... Uh, who's female and defects to the human side to fight for the humans. Eventually, after season one, get married. And in the interim, they have a kid. And then they take off in the SDF-2 with Rick and Lisa to go oh. fight aliens on their home turf or make peace or whatever it is. So the that's part of that generational rewrite that they did is because the Southern Cross is a whole different uh, anime. It has little to nothing to do with the original Robotech seasons. Go for it. Talk. And also a later season, we see this younger girl. She's, she's about 18. She is not. Yeah. She's a short little kid. No, she's, she's 18. She's oh. 18. She's just very, very short. 
And bratty? Yeah, she's an yeah. 18-year-old bratty. There are 18-year-olds that are bratty. Yeah. I haven't seen one that short or childlike. She has a chubby face. How could she Keep watching your sister. She's going to be short and bratty when she's 18. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no. So, nope. I like, I like her, even though she's a turd sometimes. She's but. awesome. But she's this little tech genius who ends up... It's like the... She's a tech genius, but yet she's like, Oh, Rick! And your whole No, not Rick! Come. Not Rick! No, it's, it's not the Rick. other it's guy up. that's like Rick! Yes, there's a Rick-like character uh, that comes back, and I can't I remember. always thought he was Rick! No. No. Nobody it's, ever told see, me. Season 3, the third part of the series, is uh, following this guy who who supposedly, I can't remember his if loved, it's... Uh, his loved one died. His, uh, like, his... Uh, well, his, his girlfriend died, but no, my thing is, like, he, I don't remember if he is from the SDF2 he's the as SDF2. a, like, a pre, like, returning to Earth to kind of see, you know, to make way for the SDF-2's return, or if he was from a battle group that was with the SDF-2 that got separated, then he yeah. crash-landed on Earth. Yeah. I can never remember. I haven't seen it in that long that I can't remember. And it's one of those storylines that kind of slips from your head, because they're not really great about backstory. I would love... Yeah, I honestly backstory. would love to see more That's, backstory. They yeah. do... That was, that was one of the things I was going to say, is more, like, like maybe they would explain or have, like, a flashback or, like... I like, really... Well, part of the problem is, is that the reason they couldn't do backstory is because they didn't have animation for it. It's all stolen animation. All these things are things that Harmony Gold bought the rights to reproduce and dub in the United States, rescripted, rebranded, and threw out at us. I really wish they could have made, like, bloopers just for the fun of it. Um, like, because it's just funny to, like... Because you know they made these bloopers on purpose... Or like the like the voice actors, they would like mess up, and then they could just turn that to a miniature animation thing where they're like, and then like the person's all weird, and they're like, oh. well, that again, they didn't do their own animation for it, so yeah. they had just they had essentially they took a finished animation. It'd be like taking oh, what would be a good example, um, something that you guys have been watching, like take Steven Universe, rewrite the script and have a completely different set of actors do that and just match the script as best as possible to what you're seeing on the show, but changing all of the things. Oh, God. You could make that show way creepier and way It's less... already messed up. It's pretty messed it up is. as it is. It is it's, not. I don't know. It's cre it creeps me out. That whole show just creeps me out. But you could make it a darker, creepier show by re-scripting it and... And it just, uh, that's essentially what they had to do. They took a finished animation, they wrote a new script for it, they had to make it match so that the talking in the already existing animation matched to what their script was, which meant a lot of, I mean, that had to take some serious shoehorning to make that work sometimes. Uh, and a lot of their backstory and all of their stuff is given by the announcer voice, you know, that uh, well, starts and ends all the episodes. But, like, that's not even much, you just, like... Recapping, and then he's also saying only a little bit of what happened. It's Next not like the time, full story. Mom. Yeah, but I, I honestly, one of my favorite things I is the, the full story. Voice. Well, they do. Throughout the series, they do kind of give little little kind of flashbacks to, you know, the, oh, the yeah. alien, the Zentradi that defect or, or that start helping the humans eventually give more background as to where the SDF-1 came from. Uh, they give more background as to everything. The only thing that is never really ever clarified, and I think it's because it was an, uh, something that the writers from Harmony Gold invented, is protoculture. Oh. There is this constant, never-ending, like, what is protoculture? And in the first, in the first season with Rick Hunter and the rest of them, 
the, the whole thing is like the last remaining bits of protoculture are, are somewhere hidden on the SDF-1, or they think it is somewhere hidden on the SDF-1, and nobody in the aliens, giant aliens forces, actually knows what protoculture is. They just know that that's what they're looking for, and that's what they're trying to get from the SDF-1. And, like, they're like, is this protoculture? And it's like people kissing, <laughs> you oh. know? And it's like, they don't know. They don't know what it is. And so they have this whole, there's this I whole... I don't even think the humans know either. The, the humans had no clue that they had it, and the aliens had no clue what it was. I'm like, but because it was all something that was just kind of written into the script as this extra thing, it's like nobody, it's never, it's never explained. What is protoculture? Why, why is it important? What does it actually do? Is it what makes Robotech possible? Because there are several points where they say protoculture is make, what makes Ro- Robotech possible, but when you really listen to everything, there's nothing, it's like, this, is it a technology is it some kind of like mystical energy force? Is it some way of converting energy into matter, or matter into energy, or controlling matter? Or super weapon? They never really explained it. It's like the the aliens are after it because it extends their life and gives them these special magical powers for the masters, the controllers of the Zentradi. But they don't explain, you know, how is that related to the giant robots that they made for Robotech fighters and and all that? Because you know, they talk about reflex furniture, furnit furniture, <laughs> reflex furniture, where, you know, it like reacts to you sitting in it. No, reflex furnaces, which is like this fusion energy that powers all the Robotech equipment. But at the same time, they say, no, no, it's protoculture that powers the Robotech equipment. And it's like, yeah, make up your mind, Harmony Gold, what is it? And then in the later in the final seasons, protoculture is like this, uh, essentially like a biomaterial where these, these, flowers that uh, start growing on the old crashed as Entrati spaceships are protoculture flowers and these alien bugs the uh, <laughs> invid come to collect that to create more of themselves because this protoculture is only available in, on earth now and it's just it's very strange that it is this kind of ill-defined morphing idea throughout everything and it never does get described if anything i would like that to either have been removed entirely or locked down and given a definition that protoculture is this so and we never get that never get that so robotech is another one of those things where it started out as one thing and became a lot more it did have its own line of toys it actually i'm pretty sure it preceded transformers and actually in some form inspired transformers if you look at some of the uh bad guy transformers the jets very much inspired by the uh, Robotech Veritech fighters. And I have a Transformer, a good guy Transformer. I can't think of his name. I want to say it's Sky something. I'd have to look it up, and I'm not going to right now. Who, if you transform him, he can be, you know, the Veritech fighter in three different modes. He looks exactly like uh, Rick Hunter's original Veritech fighter, red and white, which to me is the most fun. I usually use that more than I ever really think of it as a Transformer. So, but aside from the toys, it also became a role-playing game, uh-huh. which uh, almost impossible to play. Um, it was put out by Palladium, which is a company known for making very gritty, crunchy games. Lots of numbers, lots of tables, lots of everything. I think I played it one time with a friend, and we frustrated the guy who was running it so badly that he just threw up his hands and quit. Because his main bad guy, we met his main bad guy on our first outing as a group going on a picnic, and we killed him right off the bat. And this was supposed to be the reoccurring bad guy for us in his game. (laughs) And we killed him right off the bat, which frustrated him to no end. Because... Basically, he allowed us to imply that physics, you know, real-world physics would work. (laughs) 
Anyways, but that was, it, it became a game, it's it spawned several seasons of, of things, and I have heard rumors that have been going around for years now, and as recently as, I want to say, March or April, I believe, maybe June of this year, there was a rumor of a live-action Robotech movie that might be made. <gasps> they better look like the original characters, otherwise I'm oh, just going to be like... Oh, they'll try to get as close as they can. So if you, if you could... If you were the writer for this movie, what storyline would you do? What part of... Because it's a vast... I mean, it's a huge... It's almost three seasons worth of story. What would you do? Would you follow the first season where it's Rick Hunter and the SDF-1 and all that? Would you follow the second season when it's I'd make it kind of like Lord of the Rings, I guess. Like, where they just keep it ongoing. Or Harry Potter, where they kind of keep it ongoing with movies. So I'll just do that because, no, I don't want to... No. That one... That's the third season when they're in the jungle... It doesn't have Rick Hunter, but he might be a descendant of Rick Hunter, kind of. It's kind of like, that, like that last season tie-in is closer to the first season than the second season is, but because they're I back to the Ver- the Veritech fighters, but... Sorry. Yeah, it's... The third season. It's kind of... The third season's kind of a weird... I like, like the third season. <laughs> it's, it's very post-apocalyptic season one season kind of thing. But what would you want... Would you want to see that kind of the, S- the, the story from the beginning where the SDF-1 or the Macross Fortress crash lands on earth and brings peace to you to the world and then they mm-hmm. they have to launch into space to take on the zentradi mm-hmm. and if they did it do you would you would, would you rather see all like 3d effects would you rather see like a, a an av- have you guys seen avatar yes the movie with mm-hmm. the blue people no, no. You haven't seen the Blue People Avatar. We were thinking different. Avatar. No, okay. But, uh, I'm trying to think of another. I never met Airbender. I'm no, no, I'm like, <laughs> we should oh, do that next. Yay! The movie? Oh, that was a horrible no, movie. No. The series, the anime series. The Legend of Korra was a horrible movie. The the movie, the live action movie, oh. Last Airbender, Ooh. done by M Light Shyamalan. Not horrible. the movie, the cartoon. Okay, well, I will have to watch the cartoon if we're going to do that. Yeah, so you'll have to give me time to like, bone up on that one. Just like, Continue. Would you rather see that? Would you like to see them just jump into like the middle where it's the Southern Cross oh. where they have the motorcycles that transform into the robots? Or would you like to see them actually take and re-script the whole thing so they fit oh. all of that material into one? Yes. Yeah, so you that's... Have Maybe they're fighting, instead of fighting the Zentradi, they're fighting the Invid, and maybe instead of being this, you know, just the Veritech fighters, you mix the Southern Cross motorcycle fighters in with the Veritech fighters instead of having them be completely separated out like they were. I kind of like that idea, but also, like, I would like to see, like, like, kind of like an in-the-beginning thing where it shows, like, it's crashing, and then all of a sudden it's, like, five years later, and then they're, like doing stuff to it and then a few more years later and then it's like where Rick and Roy are talking in the air show and then they're finally making out to space and have all the people on the, the SDF one and, and then later they have the their family and then it goes on to the second part and then they kind of do that and then the third part. It's very hard to do a, a wide-reaching series like this. It's why that there's so many Batman origin movies where they go back and they start up again or Spider-Man is the classic reboot movie because they've rebooted it now like three, four times. In fact, they're working on another reboot of Spider-Man. Not to mention there's like three Iron Man movies. <laughs> well, there's three Iron Man movies, but it's not you're not going back to the beginning of how Iron Man became Iron Man every time. Because he died. Because if you watch, there's die. there's the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. There's the more recent Amazing Spider-Man. And now they're rebooting and they're doing uh, like Spider-Man they're Homecoming different. or whatever it is with another new Spider-Man. But I don't think they're going back and doing a reboot because they already did the reboot for it. Spider-Man's rebooted, Batman's rebooted, they're doing another essential Batman reboot, which is kind of a 
side boot because we're going to Ben Affleck They've as being Batman. Done a few Superman reboots as well. Superman's rebooted. Well, Superman hasn't really rebooted. It went from they did the they did the Christopher Reeve Superman, and then they did this this Man of Steel Superman, where essentially they picked up after because the last. After the last Christopher Reeves movie, Superman tries to fly off to find Krypton, to find his home planet, and then uh, they had a Supergirl movie in the middle of that, and then Christopher Reeve fell off a horse and broke his neck and became paralyzed Aww. and has since passed on, sadly enough, but he could never do another Superman movie and they never really could budget for it because the Superman movies were getting really, they were really poorly done eventually. Like, the first one was pretty good, but the rest of them were all kind of goofy. But then they did do a reboot more recently, and, and then the they've tied that because they're trying to bring together the DC universe like Marvel has done, where Marvel's had Iron Man, and they've had Thor, and they've had Captain America, and then they've had Avengers movies. Batman! And they've had... Well, they did do it. They did do a... They did do a Hulk movie, but it was a separate, different actor than they had in the Avengers movie. So, it was together yet different. But what was I saying? Oh, but this so much... There's a huge storyline to this. I don't know if they could comp they could encompass it all in one movie. And I don't know that they're going to get a chance to do multiple movies because they have to prove that this is going to work. Because you've seen a movie that is made on a, on a property that I really liked. It's called, was Wing Commander. Oh. And the, the original property for Wing Commander was a video game. And the video game was amazing for its time. It was a great space fighting game. It wasn't, you know, super accurate to space. They didn't necessarily always follow the principles of no gravity in space and things slowed down and things like that it was for what it was for what it's time and it's and it's the computers that were available to play it on at the time it was pretty good and it had a fairly good storyline you had these alien lion race that was angry at the humans for invading their territory and there was a big war between the two races and one of the key points of the game was that the better you did the better the humans in the storyline did the worse you did the more difficult it became for the humans in the storyline so like if you won your first three missions then when the when the bad guys attacked this this outpost the outpost was able to fight back and win if you lost one or two of those missions then the outpost was taken over and all of the people were killed so it was kind of an interactive storyline in that way the movie when it came out they they looked at the original information and basically it feels like they just kind of threw it out they kept some of the core ideas humans versus aliens and then they added in these kind of just forced storylines about how humans could, you know, navigate the spaceways in hyperspace, and it was just very odd. It didn't, it didn't do justice to the original material, and a lot of fans didn't like it. And I feel like there's a very big danger, if they don't get some of the original writers to come on board and try and do this, that there would be... Uh, it wouldn't be received well, because they have to have somebody who loves this to, to do this. I wanted to say uh, Max Steel. They're also making a movie of that, and that's kind of like a something like it, it's a cartoon, and they're changing it into a movie, and there's like some stuff that they're going to miss in it. Like, I've already watched the trailer, and I'm going to see, okay, that stuff is going to be a little bit of that's going to be mit missed, and then other stuff they're adding. Mm. So... It's, well, like a, it's hard to take yeah. any pre-existing property and turn it into a shorter form because uh, you're taking, like with uh, Lord of the Rings, you're taking three really big books and turning them into three really big movies. And before the most recent iteration of Lord of the Rings movies, they didn't do a really good job of it. And there are some people who complain on both sides that the movies are too long and that they don't follow the story in the books quite as closely as they could. And there are other people who are like, I loved it. 
I'm personally of the fact of if you take the movies for being movies and going to be different because there are things that you cannot do in movies that you can do in books and vice versa you take the books as the books that's how I take any property when I see it done in multiple formats there are things that you can do in cartoons and there are things that you can fudge in graphic novels that you can't do in real life and so you'll never be able to do that I mean, maybe not never but it'll be much harder to do that in a movie format than it would in an animation format so uh, i'm hoping if it ever does launch because it's been it's been an on and off rumor for almost a decade now it feels like but it's been brought up again more recently by some of the original creators that they're you know they've got backing they've got writers they've got a director on board for it again and that's usually good that's close the studio has to green light it and get some filming done and then i'll be happy to see a i'd love to see a trailer for that I really, I've seen a couple of like tech demos where people, private individuals, have done CG tech demos of how you can make a Veritech fighter look real in, uh, and interact with the real so world. I'm thinking they could probably use some of the tricks like Star Wars does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then also as well as Transformers. So if you think about it, it's kind of... I feel like the Transformers movie broke ground for a lot of movies to bring the CGI characters and human characters closer together and to bring back some of those old cartoons and... I will say that the storyline, again, is one of those things. The storyline has very changed from the original, what Transformers was when I was a kid on the cartoons to what it is now in the cartoons to what it was in the movies. Very different. But still, you know, if you look at it as this is a fun Transformer movie, this is a fun Transformer cartoon, this is a fun Transformer comic book, it's the same with the Ninja Turtles that we discussed comic earlier. Book. Comic book. It's the same as with the Ninja Turtles. All the properties are a little bit different, but each has their own merits. Even the even the ones that are kind of goofy. I wanted to ask you guys if you guys had favorite characters. My favorite character would be Rick Hunter because he goes from being this kind of wimpy pansy ass kid to going up in the ranks of you know he's not the best Veritech fighter pilot ever but he's a good commander. He you know he is really the main character story line in the system. He's who you follow 90% of the time. I mean, you follow Lisa, and you follow Roy, and you follow Minmay, but Roy, uh, Rick is who the story is about. But So, yeah, he's, he's really my favorite, and he wears the best color ever. Red? Red. <laughs> I gotta say my favorite character is Rick Hunter, but as well in the third one when they're in the jungle, the guy who's like Rick Hunter, and then the girl who's like 18 but really short. But, like... Okay, all the characters, actually, the main characters in the third one are really good, so I can't really choose from that end. But in the first one, I would have to say Rick Hunter is my favorite. LJ, do you have a favorite character? I really don't know, because there's let's see, Rick, and I kind of like Min Mei, other than her voice, because she's so annoying sometimes. But she's usually okay, <laughs> other than that she's very dumb at the beginning. So I guess my favorite it is like the crew, the whole, the whole crew. like Lisa, Rick, Roy, Min May, Scott yada, Bernard. Yada, what? Scott Bernard, what? Scott Bernard would be the guy you're thinking of that's like Rick in the last series. <sighs> Scott. Scott Bernard. Oh, Mint was the other girl's Mint's name. Mint's the little girl. That's and... why she likes Mint so much. Okay. Her nickname's Mint because she likes Mint. Alright. And we're losing it to the babies. Thank you for listening to our show. Special thanks, again, to the Minibuses for letting us use their music for our theme song. You can find more of their songs at minibuses.com, as well as follow them on Facebook and other popular social media sites. Please share this podcast with your friends and family, and remember to subscribe to us. And we should be on iTunes and Stitcher soon. 
Until then, we can be found at dndspodcast.wordpress.com. That's D-A-N-D-D-S podcast at wordpress.com. Feel free to leave a comment or email us suggestions of things you would like us to talk about.